Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Monday, February 15th. Today on a slightly longer show, Belmont head basketball coach Casey Alexander joins us to explain what makes this team so special and to make his case for an NCAA tournament bid. We will talk about a bad loss for the Tennessee Volunteers and a fabricated controversy on West End, but we begin with what took place in Bridgestone Arena on Saturday night. The 440 is built every morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. I've told you about who they are, and we've talked a lot about how they work. I think I've said the word alignment like 300 times. But why have we partnered with the Kingston Group? Because they value their clients the same way we value you, the audience. And it's why they found as much success as they have, by being thoughtful, analytical, and loyal. Check out their work at buildkg.com. Trust the process, folks. That's right, trust the process. Check out the website, buildkg.com. The Nashville Predators lost 4-2 to to Detroit on Saturday night. For those that do not know, the Red Wings are among the worst teams in the NHL, and they basically obliterated the Preds at Bridgestone Arena. And Smashville is not happy about it. And frankly, everyone is to be blamed. General Manager David Poyle has built a roster that has consistently underperformed for the better part of four seasons. The extremely well-compensated players are not producing at anywhere near the level of their paychecks, and the head coach, John Hines, who's been on the job for all of half of a season, apparently doesn't have the Midas touch to turn this slop into gold. You can blame them all, but I'm just not sure why people are surprised right now. This roster got worse in the offseason, not better, and I agree with Ryan Ellis when he explained on Saturday night after the loss whose fault it is that the Nashville Predators have lost six of their last eight games. Yeah, very frustrating. It, uh, there's no excuses. Like We're not making excuses. We're not feeling bad for ourselves. It's Our play right now is unacceptable. The results are unacceptable, and it needs to change. It's not uh, It's not like we have a lot of time. We're digging ourselves a hole, and it's uh, It's only due to ourselves. Nobody's. Uh, no one else's fault but the guys in that locker room. Saturday night was all of the issues come to life. Detroit won the first period 2-0 and led the game 3-0 heading into the third period. Nashville has now been outscored 37-13 to in the first two periods of the season. The Predators had to use two goalies. They took bad penalties, at one point just trying to play with six skaters, and made boneheaded mistakes all night long. The only thing that was missing was a few power play goals from Detroit, and the game would have encapsulated the entire season in one performance. Here's the problem, folks. Things aren't changing this season. This is who they are. If you want a full, not-safe-for-work blueprint on how the Preds could go about blowing this thing up in a strategic and logical way, Go listen to our latest episode of the Gold Standard Podcast with myself and the Athletics' Adam Vingan. How to handle the front office, when to evaluate the head coach, which players to dump, and which ones they should keep. We laid it all out for you on last week's episode. It's recommended listening for all Preds fans. Please rate, review, and subscribe. The Vols lost 78-65 to LSU on Saturday in pretty ugly fashion. This team, like many teams with young stars, has struggled to find consistency this year at times. Now, losing on the road to a tournament team is nothing to be ashamed of, but how it happened is important to note. LSU isn't particularly great on defense and will let you shoot, and the Vols couldn't knock down shots, which really isn't how they want to win anyway. You could say that they settled on offense and it hurt them. And defensively, they couldn't get stops in the second half, allowing 47 points on almost 60% shooting from the floor. No, Josiah Jordan-James said it best after the game. I know for a fact to get to where we want to go, the maturity level um, has to has to come up. It has to start with us for the freshmen to, to look up to us and, and to see that we're mature and consistent in our work. And I don't think that we have that yet. I just think that 
for us right now to get to where we want to go, we just have to be a lot more consistent, a lot more mature. We don't really have much more time to keep talking about it. First of all, that's the kind of kid you want answering every question and leading your team. Secondly, he's right. There isn't much more time to iron out the maturity kinks. March and the tournament are just weeks away. The Vols have four games left in the regular season. However and whoever needs to fix the consistency issues, the veterans, the coaching staff, and the young guys, it needs to happen quickly, or the Final Four upside that this team was supposed to have all season could easily become a first weekend exit. Vanderbilt beat Mississippi State 72-51 on the road, which is just the fifth SEC win in two seasons for head coach Jerry Stackhouse, which of course is five more wins than Vanderbilt had under Bryce Drew the year before that. A long article about Jerry Stackhouse's personality, how he got the job, how he believes in coaching, how he handles social media, was written by Joe Rexroad of The Athletic on Friday, only to be, of course, taken wildly out of context by some other media outlets in the city. Here's the problem with this. Jerry Stackhouse might have made a mistake by putting the word Trump, which of course makes everyone go batshit crazy, into a quote about a subject that is complicated and nuanced, where he is discussing his own social media habits, his own interactions with other media members, and sort of pontificating about the world that we live in writ large as it pertains to the media and basketball and coaching and critical thinking. He wasn't calling Vanderbilt fans racist, as some other entities might make you believe. He, of course, had to clarify these comments on Saturday after the game, which is, of course, insulting to anyone's intelligence if you just read the article. Hell, his wife is quoted in the story as saying, hey, maybe, Jerry, you should take it easy on social media and not be so sensitive and not block so many people. That's clearly part of his shtick. He is who he is. He's a guy who used to punch people in the face because that's how he grew up, and he's unapologetic about who he is. I have no clue if he's going to win at Vanderbilt. I have no clue if he's going to leave to take another job. I have no clue if he can recruit at a high enough level, which has been the criticism of Jerry Stackhouse since taking the job. What I can say is that people are not using critical thinking when reading through a coach's comments about a very complicated and nuanced subject. Should he maybe have taken that single word out of his commentary? Sure, fine. But the fact that we cannot exist because one person has one thought about one thing without losing our ever-loving minds is the problem itself. The problem isn't Jerry Stackhouse. He doesn't think anything negative about his fans. That would be idiotic of him. And he said as much on Saturday night after the game. The real issue is us, all of us, including the media and our lack of ability to think critically and letting people who want to rile us up for no reason at all, letting them win. Now let's get to the best thing that is happening in Nashville sports currently, Belmont basketball. The Bruins beat the top challengers in the OVC this past week, embarrassing third-placed Eastern Kentucky on Thursday last week and handling second-place Moorhead State with relative ease on Saturday, 73-58. Belmont is now 22-1, the best record in America, has won 18 straight games overall, 26 consecutive OVC games, a record for the OVC that dates back almost half a century. I could go on and on and on about how great this team is and why you should be watching them, but why would you want to hear me say all of that when we can hear from the Belmont head basketball coach Casey Alexander himself? Casey, what is it about this particular group that has made them so good in the face of all of the outside stuff that's impacting all of us? Why this team? Well, we've had a lot of things go our way. Uh, there's no mistaking that. Uh, you know, we've had our whole team together since the first week of December without any interruptions with practices or games. And we're one of the very few teams that have been so lucky. Uh, and, you know, we've just played well. I mean, and, and winning has kind of built upon itself. Uh, we haven't even had 
many close games, honestly. Um, and when we have, fortunately, we found a way to win those. So it's been a fun year. Still got a long way to go. So two huge wins your last week. But, you know, how, how do you keep your team? Because they all have phones. Like everyone has a phone. They can all look at ESPN.com or whatever and see where you're ranked. How do you guys balance the reality of that situation with trying to keep focused on the job at hand? Well, first of all, I want them to enjoy what they're doing. You know, I mean, they, they're having a great year. They've put themselves in position to be talked about, um, you know, just by winning and with the record or streaks or whatever. And so I, I don't want to take that away from them uh, because that's part of the fun. But at the same time, uh, you know, we talk regularly about being mature with what we're doing and, and being disciplined with what we're doing and showing up every day to try to get better. And, uh, and, and they've done that remarkably well. I mean, they, they've stayed grounded completely. Um, practices have been good. They're, they are, um, they're ready to go when the ball is tipped. And so as a coach, not much more I can ask than that. All right. So then as the coach, what is your case that you are one of the 68 best teams in America? Well, a lot of times they look, I mean, obviously they look at net ranking and Kim Palm and everything else. And we're, you know, we've got a ways to go before we're in that real picture uh, to be talked about, but they also look at quality of team and efficiency and, and numbers and stats and, you know, and what kind of, what kind of potential you might have uh, in the NCAA tournament. Are you a team that can be watched um, with the belief that you can win some games? And I think that this team yeah, this, this team can do that, you know, and then, you know, we, we can just play the games that we had on our schedule. You know, we, we lost the opening weekend tournament in Orlando that included Gonzaga and Xavier and Auburn and seven teams in the top 50 that we were going to play three games with or six teams anyway. And then we lost a trip to USC in California. We were supposed to go to Duquesne, to Western Kentucky. So, you know, we lost a lot of, you know, strength of schedule games that we had absolutely no control over. You know, and back early in the year, you know, everybody said, hey, it's a COVID year. Everything's going to be different. We'll have to evaluate each team. But, you know, everybody <laughs> tends to forget that now that it's <laughs> we're down to the, to the wire and they're looking at it the same way they always have. It's, it's funny how we forget real quickly how all that stuff happened in November. Uh, Grayson Murphy, obviously fantastic triple double for you guys uh, over the weekend. And I believe that's the first one since you guys have moved to the NCAA. So now you've added that to, to the resume, along with an at large bid over the last few years, a tournament win sort of what has allowed this program to sort of grow and evolve like, like it has over the last 10 or 15 years? Uh, yeah. A lot of good players and good teams that came before uh, and stayed true to what Belmont's all about. And that's, you know, winning with class and, and playing together and, and standing for something and not compromising and, and believing that the team is, is the first and foremost, most important thing. And, you know, and that's, that allows us to keep recruiting to that model and these players they hear it from me all the time that there's a there's a um, you know there's a brand to protect. This this program has had great success, and it's very important to me that these guys uh, reflect that very well in all that they do. Special thanks to Casey Alexander for giving us a few minutes of his time, and they're one of the most entertaining teams to watch in the entire country, and are maybe the best basketball team in the state of Tennessee right now. And I just think most of Nashville is rooting for these guys to be successful because guess what? They get to the tournament, they can absolutely win a game or two. The 440, of course, is brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's custom home and remodeling firm, award-winning, I might add. And the reason they win those awards is the same reason you listen to this show. We are genuine, we are careful, we are thoughtful, we are analytical, yes, we're a little nerdy, and we're very loyal. And that's how the Kingston Group has been successful in Nashville for over a decade. Check out the website, let their work do the talking, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.